A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. We're talking pop culture here on Money FM 89.3 in the company of Neil Humphreys, award winning author, new paper columnist. Uh, Neil, during the week, I caught some of the Quincy Jones documentary mm. on Netflix, of course. He's known as Q. He's the American record producer, musician, and film producer. His career spans six decades in the entertainment industry, 79 Grammy Award nominations, 27 Grammys, including a Grammy Legend Award in 1991. And he turned, he's 85 years old and still going. I know. I watched that documentary um, the week it came out, and it is absolutely extraordinary. There's one poignant scene that defines an extraordinary man's legacy, and that is he's getting an early behind-the-scenes tour of the Smithsonian's National Museum of African-American History and Culture, somewhere that I now desperately want to go and visit myself. And he's, he's being pushed around in a wheelchair because through this documentary, which is over a three-year period, which mm. is actually directed by his daughter, Rashida Jones, yes, yes, who's very a very true. popular actress herself, good actress, actually. And he's being pushed around in a wheelchair because during his three-year period, the man has strokes, mm. he, he collapses on stage, he just keeps coming back. So he's in this wheelchair... And he's being taken around the America's first National Museum of African American History and Culture. And he's looking at all these people's artifacts, costumes, whatever. Ray Charles, Michael Jackson, Dina Washington, Dizzy Gillespie, Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. The, some of the greatest performers of the last hundred years. Yep. And he starts crying because... Th- he knows every single one of them and he doesn't just know them, he's worked with mm. them and you think, well, what's the big deal? Well, think of the gap between Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis, which is predominantly jazz musicians yeah, yeah. and then you go to, and, and then Ray Charles moving into the R&B period and then you go right to the other end of Michael Jackson, the late mm, 80s, mm. which is more pop, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. So he's gone from the earliest days of jazz, black American jazz mm. in the 50s, to globe-dominating pop, producing the greatest, biggest albums mm. of all time Thriller is the biggest selling album of all time yep. in the end of the 80s and, and onwards. And he's breaking down. And he's crying because they're all dead, mm. and he, including Michael Jackson, yeah, of course. Yeah, and he says, I'm the only one left. And you think, this man, we're not just looking at the history of popular culture, of music in the 20th century. We're looking at the history of one man, Incredible. Quincy Jones. Yeah. Utterly extraordinary. Yeah, and like I loved the uh, early parts of his life that they showed, and he was born in Chicago and mm. had a pretty rough upbringing and really a rough time. Uh, Understatement. Yeah, born, he, he was stabbed. He was stabbed, As a yeah. boy. Yeah, 1933, his mum was kind of a crazy lady, and, and then they moved to Seattle, Washington, which is a bit more of a stable place, and that was where he started playing the trumpet. And that was really his way out of uh, the, the tough life. Uh, and, and he inter, uh, interacted with Ray Charles very early on. Uh, very early on, just to, mm. on that point, uh, he was 14 when he exactly. introduced himself to Ray Charles, who was only about 16, 17 yeah, himself. Yeah, two or three years older, yeah. And he had the, he had the proverbials mm. to go up to Ray <laughs> Charles and say, I'm your man, I'm your mm. trumpeter. Now, what were you doing when you were 14? 14, I was trying yeah. to get a girlfriend and failing. Yeah, you know, I, was I was listening to too. Phil Collins one more night and crying because I can't get the, the high school sweetheart. Uh, this man, mm, poverty-stricken man. Now, there's poor and there's poor mm. and there's Quincy Jones brought up in the Depression. Yeah, poor. exactly. Stabbed as a child. Mm. He remembers, Jason, seven years old, his mother being dragged away in a straitjacket. Correct. Because she was insane. Yes. She had schizophrenia, yes. violent schizophrenia. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to pin her down in a straitjacket. 
And on a documentary, he goes back to his childhood home. Mm. Not surprisingly, this man is now worth something in the region of half a billion dollars, some mm. insane amount of money. He goes back to this poverty-stricken house. I mean, it's all boarded up, broken glass. It's in a terrible Chicago slum. Yep. And he breaks down because... He still can't forget that seven-year-old boy. You know, you never forget it, do you? No, you, you never don't. forget you it. You do not. You know, uh, it's it's really interesting uh, Netflix documentary on the music producer Quincy Jones, and of course, a lot of Singaporeans would think about Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson and the way yeah. that they collaborated in the late seventies, early eighties. Incredible albums, starting with um, you know, we off the wall with Michael Jackson, nineteen seventy-nine. That was my final year of high school, and I remember distinctly that album coming out and remembering how good it was. And it was a departure from the mm. Jackson Five. It was really launching Michael Jackson's solo career. Then we saw Thriller in nineteen eighty-two, Bad in nineteen eighty-seven, yep. and of course that charity song "We Are the World." We're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, those Michael Jackson albums in the eighties that really change pop music and Quincy Jones's influence cannot be underestimated. Not at all. I mean, Off the Wall is, for me personally, by far my favourite Michael Jackson album. Mm. It, it's more R&B. Yeah. It's still got a little bit of that funkiness that I think, again, Thriller is midway between Off the Wall and Bad in the sense that it has a little bit of funkiness in there still. There's some funky tunes. And then when you get to Bad, it's kind of all out synthesised pop. And yes. I'm not such a fan of that yeah, album. Yeah. But off the Wall, I mean, songs like Off the Wall and, and yeah. Rock With You, yeah, and they're yeah. just magnificent songs, funky songs, great songs to try and get girlfriends with. Was Blame It On The Boogie on that uh, album? or was That, uh, that, that was, was with the Jacksons. That was, the Jacksons. That was with the Jacksons. Yeah, but it's I a similar thought. period. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about two years apart. Mm. And that was, wow, because this kid, this scrawny, uh, you know, kid from uh, the Jacksons, it was Quincy who saw that boy. Yeah. Uh, he was a teenager by then. And people forget this. In that mid to late 70s period, the so-called boy band of the Jacksons was finishing. Yes. You know, they were yeah. growing up, they were yeah. going through puberty, yeah, they were getting yeah. gangly and not so attractive, yeah. and, and Michael Jackson was really awkward and shy. Mm. But he saw something in him. He put the best songwriting team he could get in America. He got the top bassist, the top keyboard player. You know, mm. he put the team together yeah. as a producer should. He even wrote some of the songs himself. That's mm. also forgotten. Yes. He's also a songwriter. Yeah. He's written award-winning compositions for movies. Yes. First black, Amer black American to write uh, soundtracks for movies. Mm -hmm. uh, first to, uh, you know, win uh, Grammys and uh, everything. He's won every award going. Yeah. But coming back to that, uh, that Michael Jackson thing, he changed pop forever. Mm. Quincy Jones did that. Yeah. Even Michael Jackson would have to acknowledge that. And your point about his influence, there's a key scene. The arrogance of the man is extraordinary because when they're making the thriller video, yeah. Everybody said, this is the death, this is commercial suicide. Mm. The video's like 15, 20 minutes long, right? And there's a whole lot before he starts singing, yeah, right? Yeah, before he, some mm. bad acting for Michael yeah. Jackson. But yeah, it's a groundbreaking <laughs> yeah. video. they got John Landis, the yeah, man who made right. um, American Werewolf yeah, in London. Yes, brilliant film. And on the set, on the set, Quincy Jones, puffing a cigar, says, never mind the budget, never mind this, never mind that. This will become the Citizen Kane of pop videos. And he was, he was right. right. He was right. <laughs> he was absolutely right. <laughs> it, was, it changed everything yeah, after that. Yeah, it did. And let's talk about We Are The World because they, yes. that was a period that I was in the UK and the US. So I was back and forth. I think I told you I actually attended the 1985 uh, Live Aid concert in Philadelphia. And I was in the UK in 85. And I remember how different We Are The World was to 
uh, Do They Know It's Christmas. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Do They Know It's Christmas was released uh, in the end of 1984. That's right. Bob, Bob Geldof, Geldof. And it was Egypt. everyone was yeah. scruffy. And, yep. and and then there was this glossy uh, We Are the World in 1985 yeah. uh, that Quincy Jones orchestrated. With our friend Bruce Springsteen. I mean, we are yeah, the we world. Are the world. Yeah, and Bob yeah, Dylan. Yeah. Was it Bob wasn't? Dylan, yeah. Yeah, so it, they were very different. And it really uh, showed just how distinct uh, – I mean, how stark the differences between the pop scenes of of the UK and the US were at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Quincy Jones was the one who oversaw it, uh, with, of course, Michael Jackson being very much behind it. And well. they was all there. Michael Jackson, Dionne Warwick. Uh, mm. um, um, Even uh, Huey Lewis was Huey in Huey Lewis was there. <laughs> he, well, he had a few hits there, didn't he? Yeah. He, was, he had a few white guys in there. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's... It's still the biggest selling single of all time in the US. Is that right? I, I believe so, well, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know it's really up there. So that was something that Quincy Jones did as well. But getting back to the Netflix documentary, you know, he's we're really into astrology. Uh, he, yeah. he, he's, a, he's a Pisces and he was always asking, you know, oh, you're a Gemini, you like Prince. And he always relates he to He doesn't like everybody. He goes yeah, up to like exactly. Lady Gaga and, and all these people. <laughs> and that was the other thing. Yeah, he, he's, he's constantly, there's a few things that struck me. The astrology was one. You're absolutely right. He goes up to everybody. What star sign are you? Yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah, met yeah, them. Yeah. And whatever star sign they say, he has an immediate analysis. Exactly. Oh, if you're Scorpio, then you're this. Yes, if you're Sagittarius, exactly. then yeah. you're half man, half horse, mm-hmm. license to poo in the street. Mm-hmm. That's you're me. Sagittarius. Yeah, that's yeah. me. So, you know, and so he's doing that. But the other thing he does, which I find fascinating, he never stops swearing. And, yeah, it, and it's yeah. really strong. So you can see that strip away this multi-award winning, almost billionaire guy, he's still that kid from the Chicago streets. Mm-hmm. And he constantly constantly says to people he's just met, you know, I'll use the the melon farmer. You know, and we always hear, he's constantly saying, hey, how you doing, melon farmer? It's like, you've only just <laughs> met this guy, you know. Oh, but, yeah. but what I love about him, in this day of very sanitized, anodyne, you know, media coverage of celebrities, they never say anything, they're mm. never controversial, everything's polished, everything is controlled. He shoots from the hip. Yes, he He's does. He's still the boy from the hood. And I want to quickly tell you, this interview he did with GQ in February, I'm sure you read about it at the time, because mm. the quotes were bombs. Yeah. Every yeah. single yeah. quote was a bomb. On Marilyn Monroe, I'm quoting him directly. Frank Sinatra was always trying to hook me up with Marilyn Monroe, but Marilyn Monroe had a chest that looked like pears, man. <laughs> right? That's Marilyn Monroe. He also says in the same interview that Prince tried to run Michael Jackson over with his limousine. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he also yeah. says Michael Jackson stole from everybody, plagiarised. Oh, Billy wow. Jean is a direct steal from Donna Summer's State of Independence. He also says, I'm not making this up, wow. that the mafia killed JFK. Wow. Right? Because wow. he knew the gangster, Sam Giacana, who mm. is meant to be one of the people mm. involved. And there was a connection between Sam Giacana, the Chicago mobster. Don't forget that Quincy did know these people yeah. in the Chicago mob. Yeah, he's from and Chicago. And him and Sinatra, they powered up and da-da-da, and Joe Kennedy was going after mm. the mafia. So he took out. But the favourite one, and I have to read this very quickly. This was his first impression of the Beatles. I will change the swear words mm. to Melon Farmer okay. so you get the feel okay. of it. They were the worst musicians in the world, the Beatles. They were no playing melon farmers. Paul was the worst bass player I've ever met. And Ringo, don't even talk about the melon farmer. I remember once we were in the studio with George Martin and Ringo had taken three hours for a four-bar thing. He was trying to fix on a song, the melon farmer. He couldn't get it. We said, mate. Why don't you get some lager and lime, some shepherd's pie, and take an hour and a half and relax a bit? So we did, and we called Ronnie Farrell, a jazz drummer. Ronnie came in, 15 minutes. He tore it up, man, the melon farmer. Ringo comes back and says, George, 
Can you play it back for me one more time? So George did. And Ringo says, that didn't sound so bad, did it? And I said, yeah, Madam Farmer, because it ain't you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, Quincy Jones, you got to catch the Netflix documentary. Neil Humphreys, a big fan of his, just like I am. We're going to play a Michael Jackson song shortly right here on Money FM 89.3.